And it is presented by Progressive Insurance with Courtney Cronin. Freddie coming in for the guys today on ESPN Radio, Series X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. And your five minutes from the one question that needs to be asked with the Panthers naming Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback for week one. That comes your way in about five minutes. And Courtney Cronin, by the way, hello, young lady. How are you doing today? It has been a minute. That's Freddie right. Coleman. That's I think right. our last time together was first take back yes, in it June. Was. Yes, so it was. we are back and we are better than ever. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well done using the Mike Greenberg effect to get this show started. Well done by you, number one. And number two, it was no shock that Baker Mayfield was going to be named the starting quarterback because I believe this is going to happen the minute that the Carolina Panthers got him. But to me, Courtney, this is more about having no faith in Sam Darnold than maybe belief in Baker Mayfield making this team, this organization better, at least for 2022. I mean, you saw this coming from the day that he was traded from Cleveland to the Carolina Panthers at the end of June. I couldn't have seen this coming out any other way than it did currently. And, of course, Matt Rule was going to posture that there was a quarterback competition, and they really were trying to see what they had in both guys. Baker Mayfield did not look perfect at all during Mm -hmm. camp, Freddie, but neither did Sam Darnold. And to me, this is the best of a mediocre lot. I don't want to call it a bad lot because we did see moments of really good football from Baker Mayfield throughout his time in Cleveland. But – You've got to go with the best option that you have. And all along, that answer pointed to Baker Mayfield. And we had started to see reports of this leak out even before they played the New England Patriots Mm -hmm. during their preseason game in week two. Now they solidify it, probably because they can't run from this anymore, considering how often this question is being asked and how obvious it had seen when you're seeing who takes those reps with the ones Mm -hmm. in training camp. Yeah, Sam Donald tried to put on a good face saying, well, you know, Baker Mayfield welcoming him. It's a competition. But even Courtney, when he said it, and I saw the look on his face the first day of camp, even Sam Darnold knew in his hearts of hearts the only way he was going to keep his position as starting quarterback was that he was going to have to get in touch with his inner non-Sam Darnold and be a great quarterback. And everybody knew that wasn't going to happen. I don't know how much Sam Darnold was wrecked by the New York Jets or he wrecked himself, but the minute that they brought Baker Mayfield from Cleveland, Sam Darnold knew Man, my days are not only numbered, but I wonder if his days are numbered in terms of not just being a quarterback in the NFL, Courtney, but being a starting quarterback because he could be looking at a guy, the third pick in the draft not too long ago, being a career backup in the National Football League. And that seems more along that side than him being a starting quarterback ever again in the National Football League. He went two picks after Baker Mayfield in 2018 and might be looking at that number two job for any franchise for the rest of his career. To me, this is over for Sam Darnold mm-hmm. as a starting quarterback. Fair or unfair, last year he goes 4-7 and seven in a situation that was not great in Carolina. They end up firing offensive coordinator Joe Brady just over halfway through the season. Sam Darnold's dealing with injury in right. and out. The rest of the team is all banged up, and they were never able to make anything happen in giving Sam Darnold a true fair shot at a second chance. Mm-hmm. The, the the best thing that came out of that for him is them picking up his fifth-year option because you know if you're Sam Darnold, at least I get that money guaranteed because he might not yeah. see a contract that has the guarantees like that ever again as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He is headed for backup quarterback status, which is not a bad job by uh, any stretch. Ask but Chase this, Daniel. <laughs> ask, ask anybody who's made long careers off of it. It is a great job to have, but this is somebody who now – 
five years into his NFL career, realizes he already hit his ceiling, and it's only going to go down from there. Join us on the call-in line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. What exactly will Baker Mayfield bring to the Carolina Panthers? Nice to be named the starting quarterback for week one, 888-729-3776. Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Kimberly A. Martin. ESPN NFL reporter, when she was on This Just In, she says they can name anybody starting quarterback. It doesn't matter. The Panthers are still going to fail. The reason Baker Mayfield is here speaks to sort of the direction that, that this whole team has been going in for the last, since Matt Rule has been here. There have been questions at quarterback. They've had a lot of quarterbacks come in there. They haven't found the answer. Matt Rule coming to the season is under a lot of pressure. They've got an owner who is... Um, very um, tempestuous, and he's you know he he wants to see a winner right away, and so the margin for error in Carolina is not very great, and I don't think that's a great situation when you've got a new quarterback coming in and you've got a coach potentially on the hot seat. I don't think the Panthers are going to do much. Tempestuous. I had to I look that word up uh, yeah. during the break by my very 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 smart friend Kimberly yeah. Martin, characterized by a strong or turbulent <laughs> yeah. or conflicting emotion. And yeah. I couldn't think of a better way to describe David Tepper, who you remember last December when Matt rules like, yeah, we had a great conversation mm-hmm. about my job and yeah. you know what's going to happen going forward. Dave Tepper is now realizing that his hubris. Another big word. Well, I'll got take, in I'll the way. Thesaurus. I'll take the Sars Jeopardy for two hundred. <laughs> got in the way <laughs> when he decided to give Matt Rule that seven-year contract in replacing him with Ron Rivera. Yeah, a seven-year contract for a guy who came from college and had never won anything, let alone established anything mm-hmm. at the NFL level. He's realizing he made a mistake. He's conflicted in this whole process, yeah. questioning himself probably for the decisions that he made. And I agree with Kimberly. They're not set up to do anything. Mm-hmm. I know this is a weaker NFC this year, and there yeah. will be some team, whether it's the sixth seed or the seventh seed, that comes out of nowhere, Always more happens. or less, Always. and surprises you. They have an easier path to do that in the NFC. I still think Carolina is probably on the outside looking in at mm-hmm. anywhere of that playoff picture. The two things when I heard about this decision today about Bacon Mayfield that we we're not surprised about. Number one, I think there's going to be a case of who was right. The Cleveland Browns were getting rid of Bacon Mayfield or Baker Mayfield proving that they should have kept him. That's what it comes down to, because guess who plays who opening day? Cleveland Browns take on Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. You got the next versus the X in this one. So you're going to get right to it, finding out right away, no matter it's a long-term deal, who's going to be right. Browns for getting rid of Baker Mayfield, or Baker Mayfield proving that they should have kept him. But the most important question is, and my wife Denise brought this up, we want to know, will there be new progressive spots for Baker Mayfield? That's what I want to know. That's the most important question. You can have like a whole renter taking him and his wife showing around a new home, showing that, hey, it didn't work out there, but this is a brand new home, brand new school district. I want to know what the progressive ads come back. And if they do, and hey, progressive, you're listening, do not steal our idea. If you do that, Baker Mayfield, show him being shown around his new home, new employment, new thing, just a new beginning. I want to know if those ads are coming back. Well, back in July, when this whole thing was going down, when he got traded to the Panthers uh, in that first week, he said that progressive declined his pitch for a moving out edition of see? those at-home commercials. They missed a big opportunity there. I can't see them wanting to go all in, though, and give Baker Mayfield those sorts of spots going forward because 
it's Carolina. It's not a sexy team. Yeah, you have some good players there and a great defense. But, but still, it's about Baker, know. his new home. Yeah, I just I, I think th- I think that ship has sailed. I think the moving truck is already gone, and, and Baker Mayfield, whether this is a temporary home or something he can spin into right. the next couple years of his career, he's going to be looking for some new endorsements. But, you know, mm-hmm. Denise is right. Like, a lot of people had that question. Yeah. Will we see another progressive ad? Hey, now that he's a starting quarterback, those endorsements right. are going to roll in. Exactly. Progressive might be coming back with their tail between their legs being like, hey, you want to like work something out again? I don't see it, but they might. Yeah, you don't have to bring in Flo or anybody else. Just say Mia Culpa, Mia Culpa, Baker Mayfield, and you have a whole new ad campaign. Everybody's ready for it. Baker Mayfield gets new money. He has a new home. It's just a great idea, Progressive, but if you do it, you better not steal it. And Denise and Freddie Coleman better get a finest for Courtney Cronin to make sure that that idea is going to happen. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We're going to stop by with a friend of the show and find out what he thinks about will this save Matt Rule's job with the Carolina Panthers naming Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback. That's after this from Indeed. When you're running your own business, the last thing you need is running into problems hiring. So check out Indeed, the all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Always appreciate you joining us here in Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. And we're going to find out in terms of when it comes to the future, not so much Courtney Baker Mayfield. We know at least for right now, week one, he's going to be the starting quarterback. But I can't wait to hear what Harry Douglas, who played in the National Football League, a wide receiver, played in that division, our ESPN football analyst, what this really does for the NFC South. And he joins us here on Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, and Canty and Carlin. Harry, when you heard about Baker Mayfield being named the starting quarterback, at least for week one by the Carolina Panthers, what's the first thing that went through your mind? Why in the hell didn't he play against the New England Patriots when they played their starters <laughs> defensively? <laughs> Got it. Continue. That's, that's the first thing. No, I'm being serious, though, Freddie, because it made no sense to me uh, for Matt Rule and that offense not to play, especially when you have certain pieces uh, just now joining the offensive line and you want it to be revamped. And you've seen the New England Patriots playing their starters on defense. I just thought it was a good test for that offensive line and that and that offense uh, as a unit to go against that defense. And I thought it was a wasted opportunity. All right, so we've talked a lot about the Carolina Panthers over the last couple months with Baker Mayfield, without Baker Mayfield. Now that they know who their starting quarterback is going to be, does this save Matt Rule's job, and do you think that they can actually back their way into the playoffs? So I think the only way it would save Matt Rule's job, Courtney, is if they have a good showing offensively, um, you see them as a team progress, and there's promise going into the 2023 season. Anything else, um, I think Matt Rule won't have that job next year. And Baker Mayfield, I think this is also an opportunity for him to try to showcase himself and show other teams in the National Football League, and including the Carolina Panthers, that he still has it. He can still do it at a high level. He can be trusted, and he can be counted on. Um, I think if he goes out there and – that's a perform at a very, very high level. You also have a guy, Sam Darnold, who's waiting to get another, another opportunity. 
So that's going to be hanging over his head. But for Baker, he just needs to focus on uh, being Baker, but at the same time, not trying to do too much, right? Play within the confines of the offense. But that offensive line has to protect. That was on one of the worst offensive lines last year. Um, I think they were fifth in sacks allowed. And you can't just say, you know what, we're going to rely on the run game. We're going to rely on Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard. you got to remember, I think Christian McCaffrey's only played in, I think it's only been 10 games the last two seasons. So you don't want to put that workload on him. Um, allow Chuba Hubbard to also be a guy that can run the football, but everything starts with the offensive line. And the last thing I would say about Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, if Sam Darnold at some point gets his opportunity, you got to protect the football. That's the main thing you have to do from a quarterback position. And they are number one and number two. That's Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold since coming into the National Football League in 2018 in interceptions thrown by quarterbacks. Harry Douglas, ESPN Football Analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio. Based on what you just told us, before we move on from Baker Mayfield, what does your gut, what does your intellect tell you about what Baker Mayfield we're going to see with this new football team? I think he's going to be decent. I think he's a slight upgrade over Sam Darnold, but I don't think this team is going to come close to making the playoffs. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't. All right, switching gears. NFL action continuing on tonight, week two of the preseason. Wrapping this up, Falcons, Jets, ESPN. Desmond Ritter had a really good performance in his preseason opener last week. What do you think we're going to see from the Falcons tonight? Uh. I think they did a great job last week in their first preseason game against the Lions of, of, of running the football, right? And that's something that, that wasn't the case last year, or I'd say the last two or three years in Atlanta. It's rushing the football. And I think when you have a quarterback in Marcus Mariota and you also have a quarterback like Desmond Ritter, those, those, those type of quarterbacks can help the run game tremendously. And I use this. This example, even though I know it's college football, you had a guy like Caleb Williams last year at Oklahoma who struggled to run the, the football with Spencer Rattler was that quarterback, and then he's implemented into the starting lineup, and all of a sudden that run game uh, takes off because now you have another guy that the defense has to account for. Right. It's the same thing I think about with the Atlanta Falcons when you have these two guys. And I'm a huge fan of always having your backup quarterback similar to your starting quarterback just in case somebody gets injured, you don't have to um, alter the offense. You can just run the same things with both guys. But I love what both of those guys bring to the table, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, he's a guy that uh, I am very high on because I seen what he did in Cincinnati. I was able to be there close up with him in the spring when I was doing my coaching internship. And he's a guy that when the rookies were going to a community service event, he, got, he, get, he, he would get the offensive guys on the bus. They would go over plays. He would do it at the hotel. He's going he's gonna to cross his T's and dot his I's. And he's just that type of player. He's a competitor. We even talked, joked about um, him being from Louisville and <laughs> that whole uh, nine and everything. So I, I like Desmond Ritter's game. Now, when, when you look at both of these quarterbacks run, I will say this. Marcus Mariota has a little bit more wiggle to him. Desmond Ritter, in my eyes, is more straight line guy. But when you have guys that can escape pressure, as we have seen in the, in the first preseason game with both of those quarterbacks, it brings you another dimension. And it also allows receivers to get open downfield for all scripted plays. Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst on Canty and Carlin with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio. 
another day. It seemed like another injury involving a Saints player, but this one involving Michael Thomas, their wide receiver. He hasn't played a lot the last couple of years because of an ankle injury. He now has a hamstring injury now. We know when he's right, he's a dude. He's a number one. But how concerned should the Saints be about him having this injury this close to the regular season? Well, the simple fact that, Freddie, I think week one is um, September 9th, if I'm correct, right? You are correct. Mm-hmm. September 9th, uh, I think. September 11th. September 11th. It's the first week of the regular September season. September 11th. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. September 11th. So you, you have some time. And if you want a player like Michael Thomas to get a hamstring injury, well, number one, you don't want him to. But if he's going to get one, uh, I think this time frame is the time frame you will probably want it to happen to give him a little time. But whenever a guy hasn't played in that long, you're going to have soft, soft tissue uh, issues here and there. It's just how you manage him. Um, and, and, and how how he can progress in his rehab. But you don't want to just have him out there too early and then next thing you know he's dealing with a hamstring injury the entire year. Uh, make sure they got to make sure they be, they're careful with it and make sure he's there for Jameis Winston because I think he's going to be a big part of what they're, they want to do um, in their receiving court with adding him to Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and Adam Trotman at the, at the tight end position and then Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Uh, I, I honestly think Jameis, Jameis Winston can go for over 4,000 yards this year passing if all those guys stay healthy and they're with them an entire year, including himself. On the note of hamstring injuries, Julio Jones has had one that's been nagging him ever since 2020, nine games that season, just limited to 10 games last year. I mean, is there a concern around Julio? Because it feels like the rhetoric right now is that he's set up for this bounce-back season at 33 years old. What what confidence do you have in him that he can actually do that knowing what the injury history has been? Yeah, the, the injury history's there. And it's, and it's I'm not going to sit up here and say you can ignore it because mm-hmm. of the simple fact that you've seen the bearings they had last year and then back in 2020. And I just want to remind people, in 2020, um, he had over 700-and-something yards and didn't even play, I think, uh, I think slightly over 50% of the game, or it might not have been 50% of nine the game. Nine games. games. Uh, it was nine games, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, but but you, you can't sit up here and say you're not worried about it because it's been a factor the last two years. Uh, I think the Bucks training staff – should implement a plan for Julio, not saying that they haven't already, but if they haven't, that's what they should do and make sure he's on course. You don't want to overwork him because it's not like he's young Julio. He's still getting up there in age. But you pick your spots here and there where you want him to be. If you see him run a deep route, hey, get somebody in for him, especially if it's going to be a run play. If he can be in two plays in a row, you let him go. If he can go three, let him go three, but if you have to take him out that fourth play, you just got to manage it in those kind of different ways. Always great stuff, Harry. Keep it the great work, my brother. We'll talk to you soon, and thanks a lot. Nah, two of my favorite people. I didn't mind coming on with y'all today. <laughs> oh, so if it was somebody else, that would have been a problem. You just like not it would say who this? That would have been the response. He to wouldn't. Your call. He wouldn't have come on. He'd be like, "Sorry, I'm busy doing like nine thousand <laughs> other shows." Exactly. For this network. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we feel honored that you allowed us to be in your presence. Let's put it that way, Harry. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored to be in y'all. <laughs> talk to you soon, brother. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Harry Douglas, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. And we speak of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. He is back, but there's two things you better know. How much we make of his absence 
And what's the one question you should be asking now that he's back with the Buccaneers? That's next on Canty and Carlin, and this is ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Oh, hell yes. Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin and Freddie coming in for the guys today presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. 15 minutes from another team wanting to be in the running for Kevin Durant to have him lead the Brooklyn Nets. 15 minutes from another one, another one, another one. When it comes to that here on Canty and Carlin, join the conversation anytime you want at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And Courtney, our long national nightmare is over. Tom Brady's sabbatical is no longer. He's back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. People made this seem as if this was an FBI investigation, like Tom Brady was Mar-a-Lago and they had to find out where he was. That's what point it got to. I said, he's allowed that. They already talked about this and they didn't make it public that he was going to leave. Courtney, I don't believe he was going to forget how to throw the football by being away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for however long that was going to be. No, but this is so unprecedented. A player leaving training camp for nearly two weeks with no sort of reasoning behind it that's out there publicly. No one's been able to crack the code to figure out whether he's been filming the mass Singer or if that's just an internet rumor that has gone rampant, Freddie, the last couple of days. And I love it. Honestly, I want that to be what it is because right. that would just be so incredible. And, of course, I've been doing my own rabbit holing the last couple of days and being like, uh-huh. well, he did sign a contract to do Fox after he's done playing. And uh-huh. Matt Singer's on Fox, so uh-huh. it makes total sense. Get but that started, right? Nonetheless, I mean – I'm not worried about Tom Brady throwing the football. I am worried about what the offensive line looks like in front of him. Now, does him missing practice for the last you know two weeks factor into what's going on with the offensive line? No, but he's going to have to play behind that offensive line that just got bad news about Aaron Steine, their guard, who's out for the season with a knee injury, on top of the fact that Ryan Jensen, day two of training camp, had a horrific knee injury and isn't planning to return or going to be able to return until the end of the season at the very earliest. Here's the offensive line right now that's going to be in front of Tampa Bay's Tom Brady. Donovan Smith at left tackle, Lou Gettigay at left guard, 
Robert Hainsey at center, Shaq Mason right guard, and Tristan Wirfs, who's questionable dealing with a training camp injury, but they expect him to be ready by the start of the opening day of the season. There's no doubt about that, that with Tom Brady, who's never been athletically gifted, but gifted enough to play quarterback, not having that kind of lack of worrisome about protection because he didn't have to worry about that last year. He knew those five guys are going to keep him clean, as clean as possible. We mentioned before the show got started, the ball does not stay in his hands long. Mm-hmm. But now if you have that offensive line issue, what if you had to hold that ball an extra half second, an extra quarter second, then we're going to see exactly how much he may have said, maybe those PTA meetings weren't a bad idea after all. Maybe hanging out with the wife and kids and leaving the NFL may not have been a bad idea after all. That's the one thing that you brought up about that offensive line that people should be talking about more. It's not the same bunch of dudes in front of them that allowed him to be that quarterback, getting the ball out of his hands the quickest compared to any quarterback last year in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, look at the changes from year to year. Ali Marpet retired. Ryan Jensen mm-hmm. has that knee injury. Aaron Steine has that knee injury. And Alex Kappa, they lost him to free agency. So right. that's a lot of change for somebody. And all those positions I mentioned are either centers or guards. And this is somebody who hates dealing with pressure coming up the middle of the offensive line. That's a problem for this team this year. And I don't know how you fix it by trying to piecemeal a unit together this late into training camp and knowing that you're probably not trading for somebody else's center right now. You're probably not trading for somebody else's guard because teams are desperate and they're holding on to whatever they have considering offensive line injuries for whatever reason. We see them at such a high clip during training camp and then you're constantly moving guys around. Maybe cut-down day happens and they're able to get somebody in, but that's 10 days before the start of the season. You think that that's going to make that much of a difference? And you have to think, too, look at all of the teams that he's going to face the first two months of the season. Dallas, Mm -hmm. so they they had the fourth-highest pressure percentage last year in the NFL. Micah Parsons is there. He had a 13-sack season. New Orleans, they had... Mm -hmm. They finished eighth in sacks. They went 2-0 and against Brady in 2021. Kansas City, top five pressure rate last season. They just spent a first-round pick on George Karloftis from Purdue. Pittsburgh, 55 sacks. That's an NFL best in 2021. And the Rams, he's mm-hmm. got Aaron Donald like yeah. going up the middle of the offensive line, going through it. So if I'm Tom Brady... And I come back to training camp, which he was there today. Everybody has, you know, their their beliefs and, and on where he was. I'm very curious to see what he's willing to say about his absence. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, none of that matters because this offensive line is where the focus needs to be because that could be make or break for Tom Brady, as we've seen it be make or break for a lot of quarterbacks in getting to the Super Bowl. Look right. at Patrick Mahomes and what Tampa Bay's defensive line did to him in the Super Bowl two years ago. Look at what happened with Joe Burrow last year. Eventually, that thing gave out, and his athleticism couldn't save him. So it's... It's a tough draw for Tom Brady coming back from a 40-day retirement this season and realizing what he has to work with. And this actually might be his hardest test based on the hardest group he's ever going to have to play behind. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, and Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and your smart speaker. So, yeah, that's a big question. Now Tom Brady's back. That offensive line, that is not the same as what last year. But as we get closer and closer to the regular season, what's the likelihood – that he could play in the last preseason game. Todd Bowles, Bucks head coach, was asked that question by ESPN NFL Nation reporter Jenna Lane. Hey, Coach, um, back to Brady. You said he's going to be joining the team this week sometime. Um, do you have any indication if he will play in this third preseason game or not? 
Not yet. We'll see how practice goes, and we'll make those decisions at the end of the week. In a word, no. In two words, hell no. That's Todd Bowles telling Jenna Lane, you can ask the question. But he's banking on the experience of Tom Brady and guys rallying up to his standards. Not so much his play, because we know they can try to do that. But rallying up to his standards. It's one thing to believe that. It's another thing hoping that guys are replacing two guys who are all pros that are not part of that offensive line, Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen. You're hoping that they'll play above their skis. That's a lot to ask for. That offensive line with that demanding quarterback behind him who's expecting championship or bust now that Tom Brady is back off his sabbatical with Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I mean, it's great that he's back, as Jenna was re- alluding to there, what, you know, coming off of that and, and what she's alluded to, like I've, I've just been following her tweets, that the energy is different today. Yeah. Noticeable energy when Tom Brady's in the building versus when he's not. And I think that that leadership void in a vacuum was what Tampa Bay was probably more concerned about when they were than what they were saying publicly. Clearly, they signed off on this before he ended up coming back. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have signed off on it at all, nor would he have left. But do, is there enough time? Like, leadership be damned. Is there enough time to get this offensive line to a point, Freddie, no. that the pass protection <laughs> is going to be anything worth what Tom Brady needs it to be? Or is he going to just have to have the fastest release in the history of NFL quarterback releasing the ball? Because yeah. we already know he does it very quickly. He's one of the fastest in the NFL. Is he going to have to compensate for that more because of mm. all the shifting and moving around that they're doing on the interior of the line? Yeah, 2.4, that was his release time getting rid of football last year. That better be down to 2.1 with that offensive line influx going into the regular season and all those defenses that can get out to the quarterback, the Ravens, Cowboys, Rams, et cetera, et cetera, part of the first nine games for Tampa Bay. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin. Join the conversation anytime you want to call in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So Tom Brady left an Eastern team to join the Southern team. Another aging superstar may be looking to try to do the same thing. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Courtney Cronin, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. And Courtney, how close was it for Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski joining the Raiders organization Dana White, UFC president, and Rob Gronkowski, both on UFC 270 with the Gronks, and they talked about how that almost happened because of Dana White. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk 
to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all Whoa. hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. There's so much story that goes along with this behind the scenes. I was never going to tell that story till Gronk just said it. Okay. <laughs> when Dana White first said that, I said, this can't be true. But then Gronk was like, oh, yeah, backed him up. <laughs> Do you think that if there wasn't the Gronk cast during UFC 278 the other day that this story would have come out? Of course I not. Don't. Of course I don't. Not. I think that he saw an opportunity to pontificate with Gronk about this, just to kind of flex his muscle to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I could have orchestrated this. Like the Raiders um, – should go and, 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 you know, dance on John Gruden's grave even further than they've already done, and, and rightfully so for some of it, because they nixed that in order to keep Derek Carr in the fold. And it's interesting because it's like the second time in the last month that we've heard Tom Brady linked to another team mm-hmm. other than the one he's currently playing with, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First it was the Miami Dolphins, and, and obviously they were hit for tampering. This, you and I have discussed, like it might not be tampering, but it certainly is yeah. um, a lot of cooks in the kitchen trying to make something happen that inevitably did not. This is what happens with too many egos in that kitchen because Tom Brady has an ego. Gronk has sort of an ego, but not to that level. You know that anybody named John Gruden is going to have an ego, and the biggest ego of all in that room is Dana White because, to your point, Courtney, he could not wait to share that story I wasn't going to say anything, but now I'm going to say But I've it. got the opportunity now to do it. Right. It's like when somebody says, I'm not trying to be chauvinist, which means they're about to be chauvinistic when they always say that. Dana White, I didn't mean to say anything, which meant that clearly he couldn't wait to get this out of his mouth and out of his head to say, if it was up to me, these two would have been the Las Vegas Raiders. It's ridiculous. Not saying it's ridiculous what Dana White's doing. I understand the whole game, Courtney. I know what he's all about. But at a certain point, sometimes it's good to take a step back and let somebody else have the spotlight in the room. It can't just be about you, especially when it comes to Dana White. It is Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin and Freddie coming in for the guys today on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. As a matter of fact, one of those guys, Chris Carlin, is going to stop by in about 15 minutes. And he's going to talk about how much faith that he may or may not have in Daniel Jones being the kind of quarterback the Giants need in 2022 that comes your way in about 15 minutes. But... This report came out, and when someone who shared my name is Courtney Cronin, Evan Warnow, producer, when he texted me this, I'm driving back today, talking about the Memphis Grizzlies could be in play, potentially for Kevin Durant, the prime way from the Brooklyn Nets. I said, Memphis, I know you love Kevin Durant and think he can make that much of a difference, and not saying that he can't, but there's some moves that you don't need to make. And if I'm the Memphis Grizzlies, this is a move. I would not even be thinking about, no matter how great Kevin Durant has been in the NBA. They're one of the youngest teams in the NBA right now. They showed so much promise last season. And imagine what would have happened had John Morant not gotten hurt against the Warriors. Like, where does this team go? A team that has a window to contend for several years. And you'd be trading all of that away Mm -hmm. to go get Kevin Durant when you already have a very athletic, a very young core that can probably get you far in the Western Conference without Kevin Durant. Like, to me... 
this is just another thing because he re- Kevin Durant realizes, hey, all of my trade requests and places I want to go and ultimatums that I've been throwing out to the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. Joe Sy, all of that has not worked. I'm still in Brooklyn. Like, I'm still trying to get out of here. So it's like, well, let me just add another team to the list. Let's just yeah. try to leak this thing out here, Rich Kleiman. Go ahead and say Memphis is in the mix, and I wouldn't mind going there. And, of course – Again, you and I have talked about this. You <laughs> listen. Yeah. You listen if Kevin Durant wants to come places. Right. But if you have to give up, there's certain teams that are currently constructed that at this point, because we know the asking price is way too high. We've had about two months of this. And we've been able to dissect that what this would take to pull off is a three-team trade with multiple assets going through multiple forms of osmosis and whatever it is to be able to get Kevin Durant somewhere else and all of the trade capital and everything else and players in return and matching salaries, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's too much. And I I, I just can't see a team that has a Jaron Jackson, you know, a – Desmond Bain. John ja Morant, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Clark, like, you know, all this young talent. And I'm not saying that that talent would equate to a one Kevin Durant, but they're on the cusp of something really good here. They've been one of the better teams, one of the better young teams, sustainable young teams with sustainable talent. I wouldn't want to see that, like, get torn apart to bring Kevin Durant in right now when there are other teams that make a lot more sense to me as a suitor that are built and just need that one missing piece. They're not one of those in my mind. Kevin Durant did not realize that the landscape was not going to shift for him. He probably thought the minute I put it out there that, hey, I'm tired of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm tired of this situation. Never mind the fact you had a hand in creating it. I'm tired of this, and I want out. Kevin Durant probably thought plenty of teams would move heaven and earth for him because he's Kevin Durant, and we know what kind of baller he is, especially when he's healthy. When he's healthy, there's the legitimate argument. He's the best player in the world, and no one's going to say that you're wrong when you say that. He probably thought that that landscape was going to move for him, that teams will move heaven and earth for him. Teams like, we want you here, but we're not going to gut our team. We would love to have you here, but you'd be in the same situation that you are right now, a team not closer to a championship because you're not going to have the proper depth that's going to be there. You thought you played a lot of minutes with the Brooklyn Nets when they were injured. It's going to be the same thing here because the guys you need, we had to get rid of to bring you here. He probably thought teams would say, you're worth it, Kevin Durant. And teams like, look. Here's the, here's the yeah. sun, the moon, the moon right. and the stars. And, and they it said, just hasn't yeah. happened. He said, you are worth it, but not to that level. And, I, and this is just me spitballing. Kevin Durant can't handle it. He's thinking something should have happened by now, and teams are not willing to do that and gut their franchise for an uncertainty when it comes to leading them to a championship. I think that everyone thought something would have happened by now. This breaks at the end of June, and right now, Mm -hmm. everybody in the NBA world has about three and a half-ish weeks left before training camp starts and Mm -hmm. preseason and getting getting ready for the season. So Kevin's looking at it thinking, okay, I have time in July. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll have some meetings here and there, sit down with the owner in London or whatever it was. And, nothing. You know, nothing. <laughs> and now you're looking at it saying it's August 22nd. I would like to eventually know sooner rather than later what my new destination is because he's making it seem like it's come hell or high water. He is not playing for the Nets this year. Like really, really curious to see how that ends up working out considering he has four years left on his contract. And $198 million. Exactly. It's just... 
teams have tried to make something happen. Like, even after DeAndre Ayton got signed to that four-year max and can't be moved until January, Phoenix was still trying over the last couple months to, like, put a deal together with, you know, a bunch of first-round picks, Michael Bridges, like, all that stuff, and it still hasn't come to fruition. There's a reason for that. Teams don't want to blow up their entire team for one player, and I think that we're realizing that. They're not going to do that for somebody that – not saying you don't know what kind of Kevin Durant you're going to get, but even if you get him, that's not a guarantee. The Golden State Warriors won championships without Kevin Durant. He has not won a championship without those guys, and he left that place. If they couldn't make him happy, then maybe nobody can when it comes to Kevin Durant. Baker Mayfield's not a new starting quarterback at the Carolina Panthers. Will it make any difference? That's never Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.